This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. To God be the glory. For the things he has done, is doing, will do. Our scripture today, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8a. Again, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. In James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you, we love you, we adore you, magnify your name. God, speak to us in a special way right now that all of us, we, your servants, might hear your word and not just be hearers of your word, but followers of your word to do your will. We applaud you, God, for just being God all by yourself. Thank you for how you blessed us and are blessing us every day in every way. Now use us, God, that we can be a blessing to others, that those who don't know you might come to know you, and those who know you may grow in you. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been on a series. Centered around, centered around 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And as a nation, we have recognized that as a nation, we need healing. We need healing in the land. We can see it on television. We can see it in our neighborhoods. We can see it everywhere we go that we, in fact, need healing. We can continue to complain about how bad things are. Or we can do something about things being as bad as they are. And God has called us for such a time as this. To be, to be the catalyst that will cause healing in the land, that could call restoration to the land, that could call us to be the people he calls us to be, that we could have this world. One, one song says, if everybody had Jesus, what a wonderful world this would be. So in the first series in this series, we talked about during email King Day that we must pray and the importance of praying, that we must be a people who pray and trust God in all that we're doing. We must, we must pray. God is always ready to hear from us. He's ready to hear and answer prayer. Jesus said we ought to pray, Jesus and Paul, Apostle Paul, we ought to pray always. We should pray without ceasing. We should constantly be in prayer. Whatever you're thinking about, we should pray. Prayer is just heart to God communication. It's when you're taking time to talk to God. We know we like to talk to our best friends. We like to talk to folk who we know. We like to talk on all different kind of ways, but we should take time to talk to God. I believe one of our deacons sent something out earlier this week that talked about prayer was the first, or we had the first phone, the first cell phone, was the phone that you had to communicate with God. You could communicate with God. And along with that, I said, yes, because that's also where you got the first knee mail. You got the first knee mail. It was through prayer. So they've had that down through the ages, so we ought always pray. But then secondly, we talked about we have to position ourselves to pray. We talked about everybody ought to pray, but there's a way that we ought to pray. And this passage helps us with all that. It says we must humble ourselves. 
we must come humbly before God. Don't come before God just telling God what you want. I'm talking to God, but hey, God, listen, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what you better do for me. No, 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 ain't that kind of party. You see, we must humble ourselves before God. And we have a sense of humility as we go before him to request whatever we want. We can ask whatever we want in his name. He says he'll give it to us. But we go to him humbly. We go to him recognizing who he is and whose we are. So not only must we pray, but we must pray humbly. We must humble ourselves even before praying. The prerequisite for prayer is that we must humble ourselves. And then the third series in this series was we must then, not only must we humble ourselves and pray, this passage also says we must seek his face. And we talked about how we seek his face. We'll humble ourselves, we're praying. How do you seek God's face? Especially when no one has seen God. So you're seeking his face. Are you seeking to see his face physically? Actually, it's telling us, no, what we want to do is we must seek to always be in the very presence of God. We are seeking to be in his presence and we're seeking his favor. When you look upon someone's face, you can tell whether or not they're in favor with what you're talking about or what you've done because you can see the expression on their face. We're actually being in the presence of God. We're looking for God's favor. So when we humble ourselves and we pray, and we come to him favorably, we come to him seeking his, his way and his will, we're saying to God, God, I want to do your will. I want your will to be done. So I'm coming to you humbly, not haughty. I'm coming humbly to pray, to talk with you, but I'm coming in such a way that I'm seeking your approval. I'm seeking your favor. I'm seeking your face. I'm seeking what it is that you would have me to do. That's why we ought to always worship him, take time to acknowledge who he is, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Take time to acknowledge that he's great all by himself. And we take time to acknowledge him and to see that. So we realize that we're being encouraged to see God's presence. And as God, we humbly pray. And then now today we get to what must we do? We must humble ourselves then pray. We must seek his presence and favor. And today, this part of scripture, it says not only must we humble ourselves and pray, we must seek his face. And lastly in this, it says what we have to do on our part is that we must turn from our wicked ways. Yeah. Turn from our wicked ways. This great verse, the best known in all chronicles, expresses, as does no other, other, other scripture, God's requirements for a national blessing. Mm-hmm. Whether it was in Solomon's land, whether it was in Ezra's land, or whether it's in our own land, those who believe must forsake their sins Turn from the life that is centered in self and yield to God's word and God's will. Yeah. All right, well, the question comes now. Who needs to turn from their wicked ways? Who has wicked ways? Who has ways that are not pleasing to God? All right, go, go ahead, take time. You can point them out. <laughs> where, 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 where they at? You know, the, the, folk, the folk who got wicked ways. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see some folk doing exactly what God tells us to do is let a man examine himself. That's where we start. Yeah. God says, let's just kind of think about it now. God says, my people, 
He said, if my people. He wasn't saying, if the folk that don't know me. He wasn't saying, if the folk that I don't have a relationship with. He wasn't talking about the folk that do all these things that we talk about and we write about and we text about who don't know Christ and doing all kind of crazy things. He says, if my people who are called by my name. He's talking about us, y'all. Yeah, as pretty as we look, as handsome as we are today. He said, if we would humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. All right, well, what is a wicked way? Because somebody looking at me like, I ain't got no wicked ways. Yeah, I look around here, see a whole bunch of wicked ways. But I ain't as bad as, hmm. And I haven't shown up done what they did. Ooh, and I saw on Facebook what they were doing. I'm surprised they even in church this morning. So what is a wicked way? Yeah, what, what, what do we list as a wicked way? I, you know, normally as a pastor, I don't ever want you to talk about wicked stuff. You know, we, we always want to talk about the stuff that's holy and pleasing in God's sight. So for a few seconds, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just yell out a wicked way. Now, we don't stay there now, just for a moment. Don't get caught up in your wickedness. <laughs> but if you can identify what a wicked way is, you might need to do it for somebody around you because they may not think that there is a wicked way. They may not say, I don't know what a wicked way is. So kind of just, kind of blurt out just a wicked way. Keep it, you know, clean, but wicked, you know. <laughs> All right, so, so what's, can y'all tell me some wicked ways? Not showing love. Not showing love. Animosity. Stealing. Stealing. Cussing. Cheating. Cheating. Lying. Took y'all a long time to get the lying. <laughs> Why that took so long? All right, lying. All right. Okay, all right, all right, look for that, look for that, look for that, all right. I want to hear with one school of theological thought that says there's really only one sin. It says there's really only one sin. And it's the sin of idolatry. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That, and idolatry is when, is when we put anything before God. He says every other sin flows out of the sin of idolatry. Anything that's desired over what God desires is a sin. Even and especially if we desire and want anything different than what God wants or desires. Whenever, listen, whenever you put you in front of God, that's sin. If God tells you to do something and God's word tells you to do something and you know you ought to do it and you decide, I ain't going to do it, that's sin. Now, I know we're good on the stuff that God tells us not to do and we know we shouldn't do it and we recognize that, oh, I just sin because I know I wasn't supposed to do that. But we also sin when we're supposed to do stuff and we don't do it. It's a wicked way. God wants us to trust him, but we choose to worry. 
God wants us to have compassion, but we want to criticize. God wants us to forgive. We want to get even. God wants us to give, and we want to hold back and spend on what I want. God wants us to love, but we don't even want to be in their presence. Wicked ways. We all have them. But God gives grace. But the question is, how do we escape this sin that so easily besets us? How, how do we get out of this bondage? How do, we, how, how, do we, how do we turn from our wicked ways? How do we do that? How, how can we constantly do that? Because we're constantly having wickedness all around us. We're constantly influenced to do things that we don't want to do and influenced to not do stuff that we really know we should and want to do. How can we get out of this? What can we do to do that? Well, it means abandoning it means abandoning hope in ourselves to rely completely on God. And it means abandoning our own sinful, sinful ways to respond wholeheartedly to God's known will. Let me put it another way. James tells it to us in this way. In chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil. Well, submit to God. First of all, submit to God. M make sure that you take time out to acknowledge who God is. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're thinking, whatever is going on in your mind, your heart, begin to say, God, I acknowledge you. Submit yourself to God. Recognize, God, I'm under your authority. You are God all by yourself. My arms are too short to box with you, God. You are in control. I acknowledge you. I'm submitting my authority unto you. You have all authority. Amen. We first submit ourselves unto God. Don't, don't, don't get too big and too bad that you think you really got this. And I know some of the simple stuff we think we can handle, and sometimes we think we can handle it without God. But God wants us to know he's there to help us through everything. Even if you've got it under control, he's there to help you make it through what you're going through. So we ought to submit ourselves unto him and recognize you're in control. You're God all by yourself. You're the supreme ruler. You're everything. You are it, God. And I recognize that. We submit unto God. That's all a piece of what comes earlier. Humble yourself. Before Almighty God. Yeah, you might be upset with God. You might be upset with your circumstance. You might be upset with your situations. You might be upset with things that happen all around you. But take time to have sense enough to submit to Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. God is in charge. God is in charge. Submit to Him. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Prince of Peace. He's everything we could ever imagine that we want. Take time to know that God is God. He is the great I am. He's everything we could possibly ever need or want or desire. He has it. He has it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He's God. Anybody know the God I'm talking about? 
He loves us. He's a God. So submit to one who loves and cares for you. He created you. He knows everything about you. He loves you. So he says, submit to God. But then along with submitting to God, what do you do? Submit to God. But then along with submitting to God, then resist the devil. Amen. Bible teaches us that every temptation that comes upon us, God makes sure we have a door of escape. You don't have to walk through that door of temptation. Whenever the temp temptation comes, you can go the other way. Amen. You can go the other way. <laughs> you can go the other way. You do have a choice. You don't have to do it. I know we like to say, like Flip Wilson used to say, I just dated myself, I know that. Like Flip Wilson used to say in the Flip Wilson show, the devil made me do it. <laughs> well, if the devil's making you do it, the Bible says, resist him. Yeah. Resist the devil. Now, what I love about the text, it doesn't say just resist him and, and you got to worry and fret and everything else. He says, if you resent him, he will flee from you. Yeah. Now, 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 don't take that to mean you resist, resist him on Monday and he's going to be fleeing from you for the rest of your life. Now, he, he, you resist him on Monday, he's fleeing from you on Monday. <laughs> when he come back, you need to do what? Resist him again. After you constantly submit yourself unto the Lord. God knows what we're going through. God knows what you're going through every day of your life. God knows what we're going through. God knows, but listen, he not just knows what we're going through, he cares about what we're going through. He cares about the hardship. He cares about the difficult times. He knows what that person said about you. He knows what they posted. He knows what they tweeted. He knows what they were saying. He knows all the stuff on Facebook they did to you. He knows all that stuff that's going on. He knows it before it happens, and it happens to, your, to you and in your life. But God is there to tell you to be faithful and to trust him. He says, submit to him and resist the devil. Resist the temptation of typing back you another one. Resist saying, your mama. <laughs> Resist going down where they went. Be able to give his word and make a difference. When you, now, how do you resist saying? You resist Satan by using God's word. You're going to love folk instead of hating folk. You're going to, listen, and you love folk not because you trust them that they won't do it again. No, you love them because you trust God. Knowing that God said, no matter what happens to you, I got your back. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. And I told you last Sunday, Sunday before that, don't fret about enemies. You need to thank God for your enemies. Yeah. Every enemy you have, you need to praise God for every enemy you got. Because if you didn't have an enemy, you wouldn't have a table prepared before you. Because yeah. it says, he will prepare the table before you in the presence of your enemies. If there ain't no enemies, you might not have a table. So you're going to praise him for your enemies. He says he'll make your enemies your footstool. Yeah. You're trying to get higher in life. Well, the only way you get higher in life, you got to have a footstool. Yeah. If you ain't got no enemies, you don't have a footstool. Yeah. So you ought to praise God for the... Oh, you, you ain't got me yet. You ain't got me yet. All right, let me tell you another way. God said you want to be blessed. Everybody said you want to be blessed. Well, the Bible says blessed are you when men shall revile you. That sounds like an enemy. And persecute you. An enemy. And, and say all matter of evil against you falsely for my sake. The Bible says, we as Christians, the way to resist Satan is we ought to rejoice 
and be a seed in the land. When they talk about me, rejoice. When they scandalize my name, rejoice. When they do mean and evil stuff to me, rejoice. That's what he's saying. If you're going to resist Satan, you got to do what the word of God says. Rejoice and be glad. Wait a minute. So how can I be glad about that stuff that they're doing to me? Well, you're not glad about that. You're glad because God has your back. You're glad because he says, if you can rejoice and be exceedingly glad, great is your reward in heaven. Now, let me help you understand this. I know we want money right here. I know we want a whole bunch of stuff right here. But everything we get right here is temporary. I mean, everything we get right here, down here, is temporary. And we do need that temporary stuff. I'm not saying don't get it. You get temporary stuff. God will supply all your needs. Yeah, he'll do that. But he says, I'll give you something eternally. If when you're going through these difficult times, don't fall into Satan's trap and try to get back at folk. He says, resist the devil. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. Whatever he has for you in heaven, you don't have it just for 10 days. You don't have it just for 10 years. You don't have it just for 100 years. You don't have it just for 1,000 years. You don't have it just for 10,000 years. You don't have it for 100,000 years. You don't have it for 100 million years. You don't have have it longer than 100 trillion years. He said you will have it forever and ever and ever and ever. So tell your enemies, tell them, bring it on, and I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to love you in spite of because that's what God wants me to do. I'm going to love you like you've never been loved before. I'm storing up my treasure in heaven because I got a new home over in glory. And it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. But not only was me resist the devil. Again, we submit to God, we resist the devil. But then it also tells us we ought to draw nigh to God, draw near to God. Now you say, well, you said submit to God. That's one thing, yes. Resist the devil, another. But drawing near to God is again, it's like seeking his face. It's constantly saying, God, I'm resisting Satan, but I need you to help me and to give me the comfort that only you can give me. I'm studying your word, I'm talking with others who love you. I'm doing my best to, get, best to get nearer to you, nearer my God to thee. Draw me nearer, 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 precious Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. It's getting closer to God. We may do it by singing. You, you may do it by talking to other folk who know God. You may do it by reading devotionals. But he's saying, whenever Satan is coming at you, make sure you resist him, but also draw near to God. Draw near to God. Because, listen, as you draw near to God, he draws near to you. Does anybody remember, um, like, when you first got in love and um, the story of this man and this young lady, they they were in love, and whenever he was driving the car and people looked at him, it looked like he was just one person because she was all up on him. You know, like one person, they just, you drive. Anybody remember driving like that? Don't raise your hand. Like, she was always right, right on you, you know, just like couldn't be separated. And the story goes on that they got, they, they, they were engaged and they got married. And when they got married, you know, she, she kind of just moved over a little bit. And they drive along and they're going further than, they've been married for a little while and she got a little further over. And then one day she was sitting all the way by the other door. And she said to him, huh, 
I remember when we used to be so close and, and so close together. Now, now look at us all of a sudden. I'm over here, you over here. What, what, what done changed? And he said, well, who moved? <laughs> I mean, if he's still driving. Many times we want to say to God that God is abandoning us, but he's been driving the whole time. It tells us to draw near to God because God is where he's always been. He's always present. He's always loving. He's always caring. And he's always yearning for us to talk with him. He's always yearning for us to be right there with him. He's yearning for us to always draw near to him. He says, whenever you draw near to him, he's already drawn near to you. When you're saved, you know when the devil is speaking, and you know when God is speaking. The devil leaves you empty. God fills and fulfills. The devil puts you down. God lifts you up. The devil entraps and holds you in bondage, but God liberates and sets you free to have, a li to have life and to have it more abundantly. If the nation is to be healed, the church must do what God has called us to do. Yes. We can't just sit around and blame everybody else. When God says, I'll heal the land, when the church gets his act together. That's right. God said he'll heal the land. Yes. That if my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He would forgive our sin and heal the land. Well, how do we know that he'll forgive our sins? Because he's already done it. He sent his son through 42 generations who came to this earth and went about doing good. We look at the life of Jesus, how he walked and how he lived on this earth. How no matter how they talked about him, no matter how they ridiculed him, he's an example of how we ought to live and how we ought to love. He gave and he gave and he gave and he gave. He gave food to the hungry. He gave healing to the sick. You can even see him, our Lord and Savior, that he would bestow blind eyes. He just gave of himself and gave the word of God to the people that they could hear what thus said the Lord. He gave them a message that they weren't really ready to receive when he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. He told us if we'll follow his word and do his will, you can ask whatever you will in my name and I'll give it to you. I thought earlier about wanting things in this life. He says, yes, you can have the very desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. He says, seek first his kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you. He said, abide in me and my words abide in you. Then you ask whatever you will and you will get it. So listen to me. What, what I'm trying to say to us is God knows that we're selfish. But he also knows we can't follow him out of selfish motives. He knows we're selfish, but we can't. He said, anyone who will come after me must deny himself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. But he's saying this to us. You can have whatever you want. He said, we know we're selfish. And he knows we want just about everything. He said, I give you everything to meet your selfish desires. I give you everything if you just won't be selfish. He knows we're selfish. But in order to meet our selfish desires, he said, don't be selfish. 
Put others first. Love him with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. And then if you do all that, you're going to get what you really wanted. He just tells us to love like he loved. And he loved us so much, he realized what we needed and how we needed it, that he gave of himself as he tells us to give of ourselves on a daily basis for one another. We don't have to hate one another. We don't have to gossip on one another. We don't have to talk bad about folk. We don't have to stab each other in the back. We can love like God says love and care like God says care and live like God says live because he's already made provision for us. He's made a way. We have to say, Lord, help us to live like you want us to live. Help me to talk like you want me to talk. Help me to do what you want me to do. And he'll help us. Well, Pastor, how do you know he can help us? I told you, he came through 40 and two generations. As he walked on this earth and went about doing good, out of all that help, help, happened to him, he still was able to be focused on Jerusalem. He knew that he would have to suffer. He knew that he would have to die. He knew that he would have to take on all of our sins. Even when John the Baptist saw him coming in the wilderness, John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Look at our Lord and Savior who allowed men to drag him up to Golgotha's hill, to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. Can you see our Lord and Savior who hung on the cross for all of your sins, who hung on the cross for all of my sins? Can you see our Lord and Savior? He didn't do a thing wrong. All he did was love us with everything that's in him. And because of his love, he died. He died. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But early on Sunday morning, our Lord and Savior got up from the grave with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. I get excited about that part because there's no other time in life where we feel so helpless and feel so hopeless that when somebody dies, but Jesus wanted us to know that he took the sting from death away. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your state? Look at our Lord and Savior. But not only did he get up from the grave, yeah, he ascended into heaven, and then he sent back our hope. He sent back our help. He sent back everything we need to do what he tells us to do. He sent back the Holy Ghost to live in us and to guide us. What will the Holy Ghost do? The Holy Ghost will help us humble ourselves. The Holy Ghost will help us pray. The Holy Ghost will help us seek his faith. The Holy Ghost will help us humble ourselves, seek his faith. And the Holy Ghost will help us to turn from our wicked ways. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. He's worthy to be praised. I gotta tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Resist the devil. Yeah, he will flee from you and draw close to God because he's drawn close to you. Can't you feel him getting closer? Can't you feel him holding your hand? Can't you feel him guiding your feet? He's worthy!
Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us. This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.